Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 351 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Revelation chapter 13 today and our focus is on who is the beast in Revelation and who is the dragon. So every day we go through God's word, listening to it, thinking about it, discussing it, and seeking to obey it. Our goal as a podcast is to get you and anybody that will join with us involved in daily Bible intake, daily Bible understanding, daily Bible obeying. We do have a website, and it's Bible2021.com. Every episode of the show, including ones 300 episodes ago, has its own web page that's a transcript. So, If you missed an episode or if you want to see what we've talked about in the past, all you got to do is go to Bible2021.com. There is a handy-dandy search bar there. You can search and uh, you can find an archive of all of our past episodes that you can listen to there as well if your podcast client doesn't have the old ones. Well, let's start out with a couple of recent comments from listeners. Sometimes we get great comments, other times, eh. But one of the great comments from our old friend Og on War in Heaven, he says, how do immortal spiritual beings fight? I sometimes wonder about that. For example, Daniel talks about Gabriel being sent to him, but being restrained by the prince of Persia until Michael came to help him. What does that look like? In one sense, I'm curious. In another sense, I'm content not to know empirically. Well, that's a great thought and a great question, Og. I generally picture them hacking away at each other with swords, but I'm not entirely sure that's accurate. Though we do see at least a handful of times in the Bible that angels, where they are maybe not depicted with wings, they are depicted with swords. For instance, Numbers 22.31 says, The Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. Or, 1 Chronicles 21-27, the Lord commanded the angel and he put his sword back into its sheath. Well, what are those swords made of? Uh, Do demons and other bad guy spiritual creatures also have swords? Do they fight with them like sword fight? Well, I have no idea. That's a great comment. It's a great thought. It's a great question. Good job, Og. Sometimes, though, uh, maybe kind of regularly, we get comments from way out in left field, like the almost one-page comment that gave a lot of presumptuous Bible interpretations to identify Benjamin Netanyahu as the Antichrist. Or this one, which I'm going to read a little piece of, it came in a few days ago, that alleges that most physical water baptisms that happen in church today are actually done by witches, who themselves are dark magicians, secretly initiating would-be church members into a coven with other witches that are led by demons. Well, let me read a little clip of this comment. The word that you may want to know, its deeper meaning, is the word baptism. When you meticulously study the word baptism and study its definitions to see what other words are related to it, you should eventually come to the conclusion that external baptism is a magic ritual. When someone is baptized from the outside, he is considered to have entered a coven ant. 
When the word covenant is split up into two words, it transforms into the word coven and the suffix ant. The word coven means an assembly of witches, especially a group of 13. So the deeper meaning of the word baptism is an agreement or contract with a coven controlled by witches or lords. Therefore, when people are baptized, they have agreed to serve in the capacity of a coven or make an agreement with a coven which is controlled by witches or lords. The question, therefore, people should be asking is, is the one performing the baptism a member of a coven of the true Lord, or is he a member of a coven of witches who worship false gods? The witches who have infiltrated many churches on this earth are the dark magicians. The magicians have masters that are known as demons. Their demonic masters are the lords that people make contracts with when they agree to be baptized by the minions of the dark magicians. Well, look, this is some real tinfoil hat kind of stuff here that's really way out of bounds. Now, I believe in spiritual warfare. I think there are such things as witches, and certainly there are demons. Are there some witches who have infiltrated churches? Well, I suppose there are, but in my experience, such things are quite rare. We need to be careful about going off the rails, and it is the Word of God, not strange etymological speculations that keep us where we need to be. And now on to Revelation 13, verse 3 and 4. Not my favorite Bible verses. You've probably heard me say a lot of times, hey, this is my one of my favorite chapters. This is one of my favorite verses. Well, Revelation 13 and 4, not in the top thousand of my favorite battle Bible verses. They're disturbing. This is what they say. The whole world was amazed and followed the beast. They worshipped the dragon because he gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to wage war against it? Well, this is obviously a huge deal, because whomever this beast is, the whole world will be amazed and follow the beast, except for those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, of course, and the dragon, the dragon is the one who gives authority to the beast, and the the people of the world are going to worship both the dragon and the beast because of this. So, who is the beast and who is the dragon? Well, the identity of the dragon is quite easy because Revelation 12 spells it out really beyond a shadow of a doubt. Verse 7 says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought but he could not prevail, and there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out, the ancient serpent, who is called the devil, and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world. He was thrown to earth and his angels with him. So the dragon is obviously the devil, Satan, the serpent in the garden. Well, how do things end for the dragon in the book of Revelation? I can summarize with one word, badly, very badly. Okay, that was more than one word, but we'll cover that in a few days. The identity of the dragon is quite straightforward, but the identity of the beast, much less so, right? The first thing is that we need to note that in Revelation 13, somewhat confusingly, there are two beasts, a beast from the sea and a beast from the land. We see it in verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. Now, when I read that description of the beast of the earth, the second beast mentioned, one way to take it is that this figure will be one who appears to be lamb-like, perhaps like Christ-like in some ways, 
but his words are dragon-like or Satan-like. This reminds me of Paul's warning in 2 Corinthians 11.4, which says, For Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And this might give us a clue as to the personality of one of the beasts, the one from the earth, but we need to back up first and consider the big picture. Is John talking about a creature here or a human being? In other words, does the term beast refer to a human? Is it something of a metaphorical term? I believe the answer to that question is given to us in the Old Testament book of Daniel, chapter 7, which is a chapter that connects at a lot of points with Revelation 13 in the same way that Revelation 12 lines up with Daniel 8 in several places. So let's read a few verses from Daniel 7, starting in Daniel 7, verse 1. In the first year of King Belshazzar, of Babylon, Daniel had a dream with visions in his mind as he was lying in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and here's the summary of his account. Daniel said, In my vision at night I was watching, and suddenly the four winds of heaven stirred up the great sea. Four huge beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion, but had eagle's wings. I continued watching until its wings were torn off. It was lifted up from the ground, set on its feet like a man, and given a human mind. Suddenly another beast appeared, a second one that looked like a bear. It was raised up on one side with three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, get up, gorge yourself on flesh. After this, while I was watching, suddenly another beast appeared. It was like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. It had four heads and it was given dominion. After this, while I was watching in the night vision, suddenly a fourth beast appeared, frightening and dreadful and incredibly strong with large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and it trampled with its feet whatever was left. It was different from all the beasts before it, and it had ten horns. Skipping to verse 15. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was deeply distressed within me, and the visions in my mind terrified me. I approached one of those who were standing by and asked him to clarify all this, so he let me know the interpretation of these things. These huge beasts, four in number, are four kings. Huh? For kings who will rise from the earth, but the holy ones of the Most High will receive the kingdom and possess it forever, yes, forever and ever. Then I wanted to be clear about the fourth beast, the one different from all the others, extremely terrifying with iron teeth and bronze claws devouring, crushing, and trampling with its feet whatever was left. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that came up before which three fell the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke arrogantly and that looked bigger than the others. As I was watching, this horn waged war against the holy ones and was prevailing over them until the Ancient of Days arrived and a judgment was given in favor of the holy ones of the Most High. For the time had come and the holy ones took possession of the kingdom. This is what he said, The fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth, different from all the other kingdoms. It will devour the whole earth, trample it down, and crush it. The ten horns are ten kings who will rise from this kingdom. Another king, different from the previous ones, will rise after them and subdue three kings. He will speak words against the Most High and oppress the holy ones of the Most High. He will intend to change religious festivals and laws, and the holy ones will be handed over to him for a time, times, and half a time. Well, wow. Is that clear yet? Well, clear as mud, I imagine. 
Because here's the thing, we are in deep, deep waters now, aren't we? And because time is already running running long, tomorrow, in episode 352, we will look at some of the parallels between Daniel 7 and Revelation 13. And of course, we're also going to read through Revelation 14 together. But before we end the show, let's go ahead and read our whole chapter together. This is Revelation 13, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads. On its horns were ten crowns, and on its heads were blasphemous names. The beast I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. The dragon gave the beast his power, his throne, and great authority. One of its heads appeared to be fatally wounded, but its fatal wound was healed. The whole earth was amazed and followed the beast. They worshipped the dragon because he gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to wage war against? The beast was given a mouth to utter boasts and blasphemies. It was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It began to speak blasphemies against God, to blaspheme his name and his dwelling, those who dwell in heaven. And it was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. It was also given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All those who live on the earth will worship it, Everyone whose name was not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slaughtered. If anyone has ears to hear, let him listen. If anyone is to be taken captive, into captivity he goes. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This calls for endurance and faithfulness from the saints. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and compels the earth and those who live on it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. It also performs great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in front of people. It deceives those who live on the earth because of the signs that it is permitted to perform in the presence of the beast telling those who live on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. It was permitted to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast could both speak and cause whoever would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And it makes everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. The beast's name or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast because it is the number of a person. Its number is 666. Gracious. Well, let's close for now with our Bible memory passage for the month of December. It's Revelation 5.12. They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slaughtered to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Amen. Yes, he is worthy. Join us again tomorrow, friends, for a sequel to today, when we talk a little bit more about the beast, about 666, and about Revelation chapter 14. Thanks for listening. Good day to you, and Godspeed.